Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. Welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'm Leslie Stimson, Inside Towers Washington Bureau Chief. With me are John Celentano, our business editor, and Jim Fryer, our managing editor. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. The 2022 Volume 4 issue will be available shortly. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. For more information or to subscribe, visit InsideTowers.com intelligence. So, John, you're starting us off today. You have a story about Verizon and the C-band rollout. Yes, Leslie, you know, Verizon uh, has made a big splash with uh, C-band licenses it acquired uh, in auction 107, and it budgeted um, an incremental $10 billion on top of its what it refers to as business as usual CapEx or BAU CapEx just to to install and fire up uh, those licenses across this network. Um, it's been a major task. It's been at it now, uh, going into the, its final second year of the two year, two to three year program that it had originally laid out. And uh, recently it announced that it's actually ahead of schedule uh, by over a year uh, with these rollouts. In fact, um, um, it had expected to cover about 175 million people by the end of the year. And it uh, just announced that it, it's reached that goal, um, you know, a month ahead of schedule, and um, uh, and this is under uh, with the, with the C-band frequencies. It's under it's what it calls its 5G ultra wideband service um, that um, uh, delivers uh, the high speed, high capacity uh, uh, capability. Now it expects to reach the full nationwide coverage by the end of the first quarter. Uh, that sounds uh, ambitious. That's their goal. Uh, they're shooting for it. Um, you know, to go from 175 million to over 300 million uh, in in three in three months seems uh, like a stress, but that's their goal. And um, they also pointed out that the initial rollouts. You know, they had last year. They had a early uh, go at the 46 top PEAs in the country, basically major metro areas. And they rolled out 60, 60 megahertz of bandwidth at that time. Now they're able to expand that bandwidth capacity up to 100 megabits in many markets. Um, and ultimately, they'll be able to uh, to go up to 200 megabits where they have megahertz, or excuse me, where they have um, uh, licensed uh, that much uh, spectrum uh, acquired in, in various markets. So, um having this ultra wideband capability uh, gives them that um, um, capability uh, uh, to deliver these uh, high speed, uh, low latency connectivity applications that uh, we all keep hearing about. Uh, In addition to uh, using uh, C-band for wide area coverage, 
They're continuing, Verizon continues to roll out uh, 5G ultra wideband using millimeter wave spectrum uh, on small cells. Um, you know, mil the, the spectrum licenses it holds in, in millimeter wave frequencies is uh, in the hundreds of megahertz uh, per channel. And um, what they're doing is positioning it not as a uh, wide area, wide coverage service, rather um, that they'll they'll use uh, millimeter wave spectrum on small cells in, um, in specific dense concentrations uh, of subscriber areas like convention centers or stadiums and arenas, airports, you know, major downtown metro uh, areas um, and high rise office buildings or hotel complexes. Um, you know, they're particularly targeting enterprise for uh, uh, using a millimeter wave in uh, 5G private networks uh, to uh, to support the uh, high speed, low latency applications that um, uh, some of these private networks uh, need in industry or uh, uh, even things like uh, healthcare and education. Um, um, so, you know, they're 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 progressing. They're they're. The, the company seems pleased that it's uh, it's gaining a, a fair amount of traction in delivering these uh, these capabilities, and um, you know they're um, uh, they they will wind down this uh, the C band rollout sometime in in early uh, 2023, and and with that they feel they they're going to be very competitive with uh, uh, other MNO offerings. Uh, uh, in the midband, uh, using the midband spectrum, so um, we're looking to see, uh, you know, how how close they come to uh, reaching that uh, full nationwide coverage with C-band. But uh, at this juncture, it's looking pretty good. Interesting. Are are they way ahead of the other carriers in that respect? Well, certainly, AT and T does not have as much uh, C-band as as um, Verizon and and the other carriers that one licenses really um, are only able to activate their licenses once the second phase of the satellite uh, occupancy is cleared. So we don't expect um, you know, the other carriers to really engage in, in C-band rollouts uh, until uh, late 23 and 24. Mm, interesting. Mm -hmm. The federal government plans to invest $1.5 billion to help spur a standards-based alternative for the gear at the heart of modern cell networks. NTIA confirmed the money will go toward domestic alternatives to current wireless network equipment. That would help the telecoms faced with replacing network gear from Chinese companies like Huawei and ZTE. The U.S. has deemed that gear to be a threat to national security. NTIA is launching what it's calling the Innovation Fund Program. NTIA Administrator Alan Davidson confirmed uh, this this week. The money will come from the Chips and Science Act. That's $280 billion legislation meant to fund U.S.-based chip research and manufacturing. He said the highly consolidated global market for wireless equipment creates serious risks for both consumers and U.S. companies. The FCC has been leaning favorably toward ORAN technologies. Last year, the agency lost, uh, launched its first inquiry into ORAN. At the time, FCC Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel said, if we can unlock the RAN and diversify the equipment in this part of our networks, we may be able to increase security 
reduce our exposure to any single foreign vendor and lower costs. NTIA plans to kick off the Innovation Fund with a public comment period that will run through January 23rd, 2023. It is required to start making the first grants by August. So Jim, you have an interesting story. Texting had a birthday. Yes, uh, we not only try to cover what's correct, but uh, we look back occasionally and uh, noted that uh, 30 years ago today, the uh, texting was invented um, and it was credited to a British engineer in 1992 by the name of Neil Papworth. And um, in, the, in the early 90s, Papworth was working for a, a, a telecom group which developed a short message service center uh, for their customer Vodafone. And, um, and so uh, it, the, the short, the SMS uh, was responsible for sending, receiving, storing, forwarding messages from mobile devices. Although technically it, it had been around for three decades, the, the concept was introduced even earlier than that in 1984. Uh, there was a, a Finnish engineer named uh, Mati Makonen, he proposed the idea, but then it was apparently was quickly shot down by by everybody as not not quite ready for prime time. So, uh, and this this story came from a, a publication called Interesting Engineer, uh, which uh, interesting interesting name of a, of a publication, um, possibly an oxymoron, but uh, I digress. Uh, so, what was the first text message? You might be wondering. Uh, Papworth sent this uh, by a computer to his colleague, a man named Richard Jarvis, who was attending a Christmas party, and Jarvis received the text, and of course that text message was, Merry Christmas. So uh, he received it on his five-pound orbital 901 handset, and uh, the rest is history. Now, billions of text messages are sent globally, trillions of text messages sent worldwide every year. And many of them will be saying Merry Christmas. That, that's an interesting story, Jim. That's the equivalent of um, Alexander Graham Bell hollering at his assistant saying, Watson, come Watson. here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. All right. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review. For a complete rundown of the week's news, check out our Saturday edition. We'll see you in a week. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.